Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? You told us when it could be time to panic. Well, is it time to panic? Well, let me just tell you, folks, it's never going to be time to panic because we're never going to give up. We're not going to give up on America. America is worth it. America is worth it. Fighting for America's worth not giving up. And while we have that attitude of not giving up, we are constantly going to be searching, strategizing, coming up with ways to prevail. We've got the basics. We have we have millions and millions of Americans that are fed up. Can't wait to do something about it. There will be a series of ideas that people come up with based on dealing with the fraud that we know we have to deal with. You're not alone. You're not a singular individual all by yourself out there trying to fight these people by yourself. There are 74 million plus and growing. We're not going to give up on America. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. I'm super excited about this interview because it's about the truth. And the truth should not be elusive, but it is because we live in dirty times. And sometimes it takes a dogged fact finder to discover the truth. And that is exactly what investigative reporter Liz Collin did with the whole George Floyd situation. And she dug and she uncovered a story that is very different than the one you learned in the media. Liz joins us now. How wonderful to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. I really appreciate it. How are you doing? I'm I'm well. I just I love uh, I love I love honesty. And and you dug into this story. What, What was it about it? What was it that made you decide to do this, to dig, to uncover, to ask the questions, to be relentless? You know, it's kind of a a bit of a backstory. I was in mainstream media when this all unfolded uh, back in 2020 and certainly had my issues uh, with it even before uh, all of this, but I'd never seen before on such a a grand scale, if you will, um, what we were doing to, to hide the truth from the public. I had kind of a unique perspective as far as being married to a Minneapolis uh, police officer. He was serving as the union president um, at the time, but you know he'd been he'd been around for you know thirty years and had never seen anything like this either. Not what um, you know we were being told, but what we were not. And so I just kind of like any you know story tackled things and just kept very, you know, copious notes and, and tried to, you know, bring a lot of this um, to light. But I was working for a place that really would not allow, allow that, as crazy as it sounds. Uh, so I left for independent uh, media a couple years ago now, put out a book in October, last October, so it's been more than a year, um, called They're Lying, The Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. And that's what led to this uh, 
documentary more recently, just about a month ago now. Isn't it amazing that we have to walk away from establishment news that we all yeah. went through in order to actually tell the news? What surprised you most as you as you dug into the, the body cam footage of the officers who responded to the George Floyd situation, as you looked at the autopsy, as you listened to the testimony of officials, um, in, including your own mayor who lied point blank and the head of the police. I mean, what was the thing that caught you most that stunned you the most in terms of the fraud and deception about the reporting of George Floyd? Yeah, I think our, our stories are a little similar, Wendy, so I'm, I'm grateful to be on be on your show, and I've obviously heard a, a lot about you. You have a lot of fans in Minnesota, I must say. They keep saying, get on the Wendy Bell show. Aww. And I was like, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> but, um, you know, there was, there was a reason, I think, that I named uh, the book, especially They're Lying, because I just kept shouting that, I felt like, for, for months on end. Uh, but I, I first kind of knew something was, was going on um, the very next day, uh, that kind of sent shivers down my spine, to be quite honest. So you had the, the mayor of, of Minneapolis and the chief of police uh, saying right away that, you know, this technique that the, the officers are, are using, you know, it's not authorized. They've never seen it before. This was, you know, they were holding so many press conference conferences. They couldn't, they couldn't stop talking, but they weren't actually telling the truth about this ever. Um, but this is when I went to the police training manual. That's an online document, and it's been there for years. And there were two pages just mysteriously missing. Um, out of that manual, um, and I'd never seen anything like that before. It was almost as if the, the script was was written. Um, they they came back online uh, about three weeks later after everybody had moved on, and you know the the rioting had well been underway and and everything. But um, they, you know those two pages discussed this maximal restraint technique, which is what the officers are saying in the body camera footage, which is something they also withheld that they've never done that before for a critical incident. In, in Minneapolis. But, but yeah, there were, there were certainly things uh, very early on in those early days that I still say to this day, if they were just honest and released everything, and including the autopsy, which was also done within 12 hours of George Floyd uh, dying, we just simply wouldn't even be having this conversation today. I'm trying to figure out, Liz, who, who it is who decides in these stories to do the opposite of what is right instead of telling the truth. They allow lies and deception to go out there. They fan the flames and then chaos and madness ensues. I don't know who it is, what it is. Do you? You know, I think in this um, in this case, there really were the, the perfect uh, people in the perfect positions uh, here in Minnesota for this this to play out. Um, you know, our attorney general of Minnesota, he's an entire segment in and of himself. Uh, Keith Ellison, longtime uh, gang attorney, uh, now the top law enforcement officer uh, in in Minnesota, uh, but has a, certainly a very interesting past. Also, you know, I think po- politics certainly played a role with it being a presidential election year and you know, sort of ousting President uh, then President Trump at the time uh, at, at all costs. And um, you know, m- many players. Our governor of of Minnesota, um, the judge, played a, a, a critical role in all of this. Judge P- Peter Cahill. Uh, I haven't been able to trace it to, you know, one specific person yet, but I definitely think, you know, the left had a hand in it. Um, and uh, we're all paying the consequences to this day of these uh, these lies that, that were told. Now, this documentary, it's it's so well done. It, it really is. It is called The Fall of Minneapolis, crowdsourced. So it's funded, you know, by the goodness of others, presumably. And it's available for all of us to see. So please find it. Um, when you when you consider what you discovered in terms of George Floyd's autopsy, how much of that didn't ever get out, Liz? 
Yeah, I think uh, so So much of that. Again, you know, talking about how this autopsy is really done within 12 hours, but it is not released to the public for nearly a week. And it's released on the same day that George Floyd's family releases their own autopsy. These are two medical examiners who never um, actually had possession of George Floyd's body at all. Uh, but they hold a press conference. They say that, you know, George Floyd was a healthy young man. He died from what you see uh, in the video and this, uh, you know, official autopsy, uh, it's still to this day the only official autopsy tied to George Floyd, tells a, a much different story. Um, and there was almost this, you know, orchestrated effort, it seems, behind the scenes to release them at nearly the same time that clouds sort of the, the public's perception and all of this. And still to this day, you have the media referred to this, uh, you know, family autopsy, if you will, as an independent autopsy, and you know it's, it's anything, it's anything but. But again, in the official autopsy, you have basically saying things like, "If George Floyd w- was found anywhere else, this would be a, a drug overdose, three times the lethal amount of fentanyl in his system, methamphetamine. He has a very bad heart. He has a tumor uh, that some have said required a, a lot more testing. Recently recovered from from COVID. Um, you know, there there was just much more to this story. Absolutely. What did they tell us? What did the public get? That was the truth. What, what did they get that was that was the truth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honest to God. I mean, until yeah. you started digging, what yeah. did did the officials did did the mayor did the police chief did anybody actually tell us anything that was true or was it all just yeah. garbage? Yeah, I think that that's a that's a very good point. I um, I, I actually struggle to find any flake <laughs> of truth. Um, you know, even in fact that. Um, Something very, very early on that was apparent also, um, well, you know, was just this this race bait that they tried to, to feed the public and also that the media loves that and they, they helped to push that for sure. But nobody uh, w- was talking about the, you know, the black officer that arrested George Floyd, uh, you know, that being Alex King. And we really wanted to bring his story out in uh, the fall of Minneapolis in, in the documentary. Um, you know, here's this kid who grew up in, in North Minneapolis. His mom is a longtime public school teacher in Minneapolis. They're invested in this community. He dreams of being a police officer. It's his third day on the job uh, as a cop off of field training. And uh, he's thrown in prison for three and a half years. He'll be a, a lifelong felon. Um, after, after all of this, you know, is this what you know, justice is really supposed to look like in this country. And I think people really need to grapple uh, with those questions now more than ever. And Alex talks about this. Is this what we want? We want, you know, the mob to, to rule the day and for people to just go ahead and get away with these uh, these lies. What was it like to watch what happened in your city? The ensuing chaos and insanity and the, the okaying of it by police who were basically told to do nothing. I mean, that precinct, what is it, third precinct that closed, Liz? Yeah. Yeah, it's been really heartbreaking. Um, This really was a very nice, you know, Midwestern city, and, you know, you almost took safety for granted, I feel like. Uh, Crimes that just simply never happened uh, here a few years ago happen uh, not not only daily, but sometimes hourly in, in Minneapolis. I mean, carjackings, for example, were never even tracked. Uh, in, in 2019, and now there are hundreds a year. I think they say that there are more than 20 stolen cars an hour in, in Minneapolis. I mean, just completely in, insane. Oh, I'm sorry, 20 stolen cars a, a day, I should say, but in, insane as far as statistics uh, 
are concerned. But no, it's it's sad. You know, thousands of businesses have fled the city for for obvious reasons. And um, the the thing is, you've really seen kind of a, a doubling down in in a lot of this. Again, you had a, a police force that was nearly 900 strong at the beginning of May of 2020. That's down to about 500. Uh, so there's no real proactive policing. Uh, that that's happening. And it truly is sad because I just think it did not have to happen. Did not have to. You can hang with me for one more small segment. Can you, Liz? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Excellent. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, do not go anywhere. Great question I have for fellow journalist Liz Collin. You just did such a great job. They're lying. The left, the media, the death of George Floyd, and also the fall of Minneapolis. Conversation continues next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. Delighted again to have investigative journalist Liz Collin on from uh, the documentary The Fall of Minneapolis. I, and Liz, I have to ask you as a as a fellow journalist, former I should say, um, what it, what was it like for you to watch the field that, if you're anything like I was, I loved uh, to to see that the sham and the reality. Um, of the news. Yeah, you know, I think even a few years later, it's, it's something I still grapple with. Um, it was, the story certainly wasn't about me, but I couldn't help but, um, and I talk about this a little bit more in, in the book, but I was a kid who grew up wanting to be a reporter. I mean, I started a neighborhood newspaper and I was 10 with my friends from the neighborhood. Um, really, I just have always believed in, in the truth, and, and I was always a very curious person. Uh, some would say nosy, perhaps, but, uh, you know, I always wanted to channel that in a way to better inform the public. Um, but I've never seen before, you know, you had journalists really just turn into activists. And I saw that on many different topics, um, but but certainly so this case. But I always felt like, you know, the profession left me, that I never wanted to, to leave the profession, but I was really, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Um, you know, thankfully, we live in a time now where you can still get, get a message out and, you know, you have you have technology and such. But really, it's uh, I still struggle to, to this day because it's, it's certainly not what I, um, you know, believed in for, for so long. I agree with you. It is it is so difficult when you sign up for something that you care about that is part of who you are. I was very similar. I was a little girl when I told my mom and dad I was going to be on the news. And they're like, OK, honey, good luck with that. Um, and then you see, and then you see what happens. Did the knives come out for you? How, how did they? When you decided, you know what? There's more to this George Floyd story and the ensuing chaos and and destruction and everything. Did the knives come out? What was that like? Yeah, you know, I um, am a Minnesota native. It's actually I landed kind of that dream job at the station I grew up watching. So I had so much invested in in all of this. And um, I, I couldn't really believe because so many people knew me, not only as a, you know, familiar, familiar face on, on the news, but, you know, as a Minnesota kid. And I just couldn't believe how the, um, the profession, if you will, turned on me. I mean, that we had uh, pinata effigies of, of myself and my husband beaten in our driveway uh, that summer. There were four different protests at our house in total, but just so many things that that happened, and you know, the silence was sort of deafening. I thought people would come to, <laughs> you know, um, my aid, if you will, or, or you know, they would support me privately, but nobody would go up against this, you know, mob uh, publicly. Um, and I really just couldn't um, couldn't believe it. But I, that, that's why I, you know, take, taken this on, um, you know, not only with the 
George Floyd case, but with with other stories too, because I know so much the, the media, the mainstream media, just re- refuses to report. But I've never been a, a political person. I just see this more as we are, you know, truly fighting evil, um, and and that's the battle we are we are in. So um, you know, I kind of felt a, a higher calling, if you will. I'm a faithful person and and knew that I had you know some gifts and talents I could I could give to try to get some of this stuff um, out there. So. Um, not to get too spiritual or anything, but I always felt that I had, uh, you know, protection and and the Lord was at work in all of this. I wonder if that's what it is, because I was going to ask you, I'm in your boat, so is Carrie Lake, so is Laura Logan, all decided to step forward and do something, sacrifice their own path because of something that drove them profoundly and willing to make that sacrifice. Is it faith? Is it feeling the protection of knowing that North is still North that unites us? Yeah, I think certainly that that was um, the thing for me. I mean, I spent many months, I'm not going to lie, thinking, okay, somebody else going to do something on this. And I just knew that I had, um, you know, I had this unique perspective and uh, I, I am able to to put put things together. I mean, this is you know what I've spent decades decades doing to try to you know get it to make sense and people to digest. I, I do want to say too, I work with a, a great guy, uh, Dr. J.C. Shea, who's the director and um, the writer um, of the documentary. We've worked together now for a couple of years with the book and, and the documentary. He's a, a former police officer, um, so he had some you know really great. Uh, insight into into all of this, but but yeah, I, I certainly think so. Um, I spent many many a morning and an evening praying about all of this, and Amen. you know, I knew it was time to to jump ship and and start all over again. I I think you are really impressive. I love how you approach this uh, without emotion. You you stick to facts. Uh, you're cute as a bug, but you're fantastic, and I'm so impressed. I'm so happy to know you. So thank you, and please come back. Liz Collin, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time, Liz. Wendy, thank you so much. I really appreciate all you, all you do. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope you're back. They're a call. It's called They're Lying. The Left, the Media, and the Death of George Floyd. That's her book. And the movie, the documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis. Watch it with your family. It's important. Quick time out. We're back right after this on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, this is all very exciting. And I'm going to say this, as crazy as everything is, as, as disappointing, as frustrating as all of the darkness and the lies and the deception and the fake narratives and the smoke screens and the garbage is... There's something very exciting going on. I wish I could answer that question I have. Why doesn't everybody step forward? Why is it the 10% or whatever it is that is willing to stand up and be that one person right now? That one person who rises from the crowd and walks out And says, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, think about, think about all of the doctors during COVID who stood up and pushed back. Being married to a physician, college, medical school, 
Then he went into interventional training. So he had to have, he had to have another couple years of training to do what he does cardiac wise. I mean, it's endless years of, of education, of learning, of hands-on experience, of, of commitment and sacrifice and all of that. To throw it ostensibly away by rising up and saying, you know what? I actually gave a rip about that oath that I took before I graduated and got my MD. That Hippocratic oath, the do no harm. There is no dollar sign in the world. There is no degree of opulence and wealth in which I can live that will reconcile how I will feel inside. Every time I look in the mirror, if I agree to go along with this plan, there is no dollar amount that is worth that peace of mind. Going back to the monologue today, when I was telling you the story of the Australian palliative care nurse who who spent the, the final dying moments, people on their deathbed who were still lucid, and she would describe in a book that she would later write about the regrets of, of the dying, what, what do they regret the most? When you're at your most lucid, you're not living for anybody else anymore. You're about to slip through to the other side. Whatever is there, whatever you believe is there. She said it was the most honest moment. They're not trying to impress anybody. They're making admissions. They're coming clean about things that they wish they would have done or indulged in. People they they shouldn't have listened to that they did. Inauthentic lives that they lived when inside of them. All they wanted was something so different. What is it that shackles some people and prevents them from breaking free from that when others can do so? Knowing full well, like all of the physicians who lost their jobs, and the knives that came out for them. You heard us talk about Dr. Scott Jensen in, in Minnesota, right? They came for his medical license five times. What kind of a dark person do you have to be to be that relentless, that vengeful, that, that evil, to go after somebody who dared to stand up and say... This is not right. Everything that we're doing is wrong. Stop. We've showed you video of people being escorted. Doctors who for decades have been beloved members of a medical institution's board or, or part of their, of, of their faculty or their staff who they call the cops on to escort out of, of weekly or monthly staff meetings because they're telling the truth about their patients who have taken ivermectin, got knives out for these people. So what is it? What is, what is the secret sauce? What's that magic that makes you, and you know, in that moment, you know what you're up against. But your conviction and your belief that north is still north, no matter how dark the road or how lonely you're going to be on it alone is going to be. I don't know. But I want to share with you two small stories of success. This one is not small. South Carolina, 
taking a major stand against Disney. You've gotten too woke. You have dudes dressed as women outside the Magic Kingdom greeting little girls. Full stop. Done. I love Disney. Our boys have magical memories. I don't know if we'll ever go back. I doubt it. Disney. Yes. Getting getting the heat. South Carolina divests millions from Disney over, quote, structural rot. You have an entire state saying, you know what? Screw you. We don't want anything that you're selling. We don't subscribe to your brand of nonsense. And we're a done. Disney takes another blow on the chin, this time from South Carolina. According to MoneyWise, South Carolina State Treasurer Curtis Loftus has divested the state's money from Disney over the corporation not doing its fiduciary responsibility. Loftus blamed a structural rot within the company that he doesn't see it getting away from. Quote, I think it's clear to anybody paying attention that there is a structural rot inside of Disney. It is deep. It is pervasive. And I suspect Bob Iger, since his return as the new CEO, now realizes it cannot be fixed, the state treasurer told an outlet, adding it does not bode well for the future of the company. And the amount of money South Carolina is pulling out of Disney is not small either. How about this? The portfolio of the state treasurer's office includes $105 million in Disney debt securities, which will not be renewed upon maturity. In total, treasurer says is responsible for managing 67 billion dollars in public funds and he nails down disney's decline into lunacy as a product of the esg madness i'm not playing anymore he said we're done you know who else did that this is a brilliant story and i suspect donald trump if it's true that he's been working for the last several years on the strategy to not just reclaim America, to not just bring back from the depths of hell this once beautiful nation. He's got the plan in place to do this. From the independent.com, Argentina's new president lays off 5,000 government employees hired in 2023. Hell Yes. Now, am I sitting here celebrating people's unemployment? No. What I am celebrating is some semblance of responsibility from the very governments that wag their fingers at us and tell us that we have got to start eating bugs or that we can't eat meat anymore. Well, you know what I say? Screw you. And hell yeah. Javier Millet. The administration of Argentine President Javier Millet says the government will not renew contracts for more than 5,000 employees hired this year before he took office. This is the pendulum coming back the right way. 
The move was part of a sweeping plan of cutbacks and devaluations announced by the right-wing libertarian since he took office December 10th to transform Argentina's struggling economy. I'm going to go with, we're going to trim the freaking fat. And there's a hell hell a lot of fat in government. The contracts for other government employees who were hired prior to 2023 will be reviewed, authorities said. The 2023 cutoff is apparently meant to target the practice of outgoing presidents padding the payrolls in their final year. Oh, you know those people who promise to be down with your struggle. They represent you. They care about you. No, they don't. They don't give a rip about you. With inflation expected to reach about 200 percent by the end of this year uh which would be what five days away four days away millet has pledged to reduce government regulations and payrolls and allow the privatization of state-run industries as a way to boost exports and investments bingo what is the government really bad at business get the hell out of our economics let innovation Let the whole idea of capitalism, of the best ideas, of this idea of meritocracy come back. Burgess Owens just said it. Fantastic. Right? The congressman from, what, Utah? I just ran across something he said yesterday. Talking about getting back to the the meritocracy. Eliminating people like Harvard's black female president, Claudine Gay, who was clearly hired Burgess Owens says because she was black and female. Is that the message we want to be sending to the children we ostensibly are are willing to do anything for so that we might be able to live as that palliative care nurse discovered without regret? I don't want to look back and say to my children, I wish I had gotten involved. I'm going to say, I'm glad I helped lead the charge. Lib of the week. Oh, it's a special slice of weird. <laughs> Can, does anybody know a good therapist? <laughs> it's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So we have a lot of new ears and eyes on the program today, and it's exciting to be with you. We do a segment every week on Wednesday, hump day, hump day, called Lib of the Week. (laughs) And Lib of the Week is not difficult to find. It's not hard to find somebody out there who we can make fun of. Now, it's sad. It is sad. This is a special slice of crazy, though, and I need to get it to you right out of the gates. You have a woman who has, doesn't she have a towel on her head? It's like she's just gotten out of the shower and she's put on, like, she's getting ready for bed or something, got her jammies on, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not. But she's talking about her husband. So here is a, here's a, ostensibly, a, a straight woman who's going to tell you, no, actually, she's not. And because she says that she's not anymore, she's demanding that her husband... She's given 48 hours for her husband to change his pronoun, his identity. It's beyond crazy. And I'm sorry, but this is the little jingle that proceeds. Time now for the Wendy Bell Radio Programs. Oh, love me, love me, love me. 
I'm a liberal. Liberal of the week. Yes, we do laugh at these people. This one is pathological. Here you go. Hey, so we're having a real debate right here. I am non-binary. I am a non-binary woman. I have a vagina owner. Ooh. And my husband tells me consistently that he is a cis man <laughs> that likes vagina. Oh my gosh. And that's how he identifies as a straight cis man. I find it offensive <laughs> that my husband sees himself as straight mm. when he's married to someone who is non-binary. I'm not a woman. So you're not straight. <laughs> you're actually queer. Oh my gosh. And he won't acknowledge that. He won't give me the acceptance of, <laughs> yes, I understand we are a queer marriage and I am in inherently queer because I am attracted to all vagina owners, not just girls. <laughs> I I mean, I like I don't even know where to go. Like, how do you start to unpack that? First of all, I would be remiss if I didn't out of the gates remind her that the word is not non-binary. It's non-binary. But OK, whatever you want to be non-binary, what's fine? She's demanding that her husband admit that he's queer. What What's going on? Don't you guys have more important things to talk about? This is this is where we are. This is this is the cultivated result of suck and this has been a steady process for decades i mean you just don't start teaching this stuff in school in the public school which they have an iron grip on this is why school choice is something that the democrats shoot down all the time if they really cared about black and brown people as they say they do when an election is right around the corner then the democrats would be among the first advocates of a system that allows parents to make the best decisions for their children because that's called the survival of the fittest. If a struggling school district or school isn't cutting the mustard and parents remove their children from said school, the school either closes or it figures its crap out pretty quick and gets better. But what the Democrats want is our children to be captive, a captive audience to not learn about math or, or reading or, or cursive or civics or economics or basic human decency, right? They need them activated. They need to be able to give them the clone trooper outfits so that everybody looks the same, moves the same, is the same, feels the same, votes the same, and anybody who deviates from the same is to be attacked, is to be doxxed, is to be outraged over. And then you have to cue the media. Got to get them in on the action, to fan the flames, to create the chaos, get people angry, blow up some smoke, blur our vision so we don't see all of the really dark stuff that's going on. I, I feel for that lady. I'm sorry that you have fallen for it. That, that whatever it is uh, about your palette, and we each have our own palette, right? Your colors, whatever it is about hers, has been corrupted, manipulated, 
She's been cajoled, browbeaten, or brainwashed into thinking something that's totally ridiculous. We have a Supreme Court justice who embodies this. Katanji Brown Jackson. Not hired because she's an extraordinary jurist, but hired because Joe Biden said he was going to hire a black woman. The same way he said he was going to hire a black woman to be his VP. This is the world in which we live. Now, back to the regrets. The five top regrets of the dying. Among them, I wish I had lived more of an authentic, true identity. Rather than following the leader or believing the garbage, I should have thought for myself. I should have asked more questions. I should have done more. That is a regret. I never want to have. If you missed the Liz Collin interview or anything today, please remember the Wendy Bell Radio podcast. Super easy. We're marching towards two million downloads strong. Two million people downloading it onto their phones or laptops. Thank you for being part of our family. We're committed to you too. We'll see you back here tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, peace.